Now reading from the Gospel according to St. Luke. In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod was ruler of Galilee, and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Iturea and Trachonitis and Lysanias, ruler of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall be made straight. And the rough ways made smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever, the gospel of the Lord. John the Baptist. It feels like every year I have to say this, but you'd think that we'd try to find a more savory character to concentrate on as we prepare for the Feast of the Nativity. I mean, it'd be all right if we stuck to that part about John doing a double back layout in Elizabeth's womb when, she, when he hears Mary's greeting. I mean, because there's joy there, right? <clears throat> the expectation of something so wonderful that even fetuses start doing the electric shuffle in the amniotic fluid. I mean, because the, the antipartum anti John the Baptist is much easier on the Christmas cheer than the one who shows up a few years later with the leather and barbed wire tattoo and the hair all over the place, looking like people that your mother told you you should steer clear of. Christmas, most people believe, is about babies and angels and nice barnyard animals. It's really kind of hard to know what to do with John the Baptist in Advent. But here he is in our gospel for today. John shows up on the scene, according to Luke, presumably to cut a swath for the Messiah who is to follow. He's preaching repentance, telling people that they need to be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. Now, anybody who's introduced in a story as a guy who walks around sort of cracking people on the knuckles and telling them that they're naughty children probably isn't likely to be around long. And we know enough about plot development to know that. And we've read to the end of the book, and we know that sooner rather than later, what the authorities take to be John's overbearing religious criticisms catch up with him. And they cost him a long and rewarding retirement in his timeshare at the beach. His moralizing among the hoi polloi isn't much appreciated by the folks in charge, and it eventually gets him whacked. But in our gospel for today, John hasn't yet started the whole turn or burn stuff. Luke introduces him with the words of a dream. Prophet words. 
They're not the hard, uncompromising, get right or get left stuff that works so hard on everybody's last nerve. No, Luke speaks evocatively, hopefully. He speaks as though he were dreaming. Of course, Luke's in good company. These are good words, prophet words. As we know, another prophet used these words about another people lost in the wilderness. Martin Luther King Jr. spoke to a people wandering around in the deserted wasteland of racism. Used these same dream words back in 1963. Remember? I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted, every hill and mountain made low. The rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is the faith with which I return to the south. With this faith, we will be able to hew out the mountain of despair, a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will one day be free. It's the words of a dream, prophet words. Interestingly enough, the first words in Luke's gospel about John the Baptist aren't even Luke's words. They are literally, in fact, words of a prophet. They belong to Isaiah. All the way back in Isaiah 40, chapter 40. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make God's paths straight. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill shall be made low. The crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Now, let me ask you something. Do you remember where the children of God were when those words were first uttered? Yeah, well, they were busting rocks and stamping license plates over in Babylon. You remember? Nebuchadnezzar had force-marched the cream of the crop from the land of Judah around the Fertile Crescent, taking a long detour around the desert and the wilderness, all the way back to Babylon, where they were living in exile. Now, it wasn't great, but the accommodations in Babylon weren't all that horrible. I mean, the kids got to play Little League, and some of the parents got voted onto the PTA, but still... I mean, they were a long way from home. In fact, what lay between them and home was the wilderness, the desert, the place that the people of God had languished in throughout so much of their history. You remember? Remember that? Forty years, God's children wandered around in the wilderness after taking a sabbatical from busting rocks and stamping license plates over in Egypt. Lots of history wrapped up in that word wilderness. And then Isaiah says in the next breath, a voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? And do you know that what the voice said to cry out in the wilderness? 
The voice said, cry out, all the people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. But the land where the grass withers and the flower fades, that's, that's the wilderness. And it held great meaning for those living as exiles over in a foreign land, over in Babylon. Because for those marking time in FEMA trailers in a strange country, having long ago said goodbye to hope, wilderness isn't just a place, it's, it's a state of being, right? I mean, you know what I'm talking about. If you've ever stared down the first day of sobriety, if you've ever tried to figure out how you're going to make your last $17 stretch until the next check arrives, if you've ever waited anxiously outside the operating room while the one you love more than life itself lies unconscious, grasping at thin hope in the chilled air, if you've ever heard your boss say, Sorry to have to be the one to tell you this, but as you know, the company's been experiencing some difficult times financially. And, well, if you've ever answered the knock at your front door only to find a uniformed police officer who refuses to meet your gaze, if you've ever had to look into the eyes of one whom you brought into this world when they turn to you and say, it's really for your own good. I mean, you can't live by yourself any longer. And, 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 and I just can't take care of you. If you've ever felt that feeling in the pit of your stomach when the one who promised to love and care for you till death do us part, lips trembling, says, I never meant for it to turn out this way. you've ever peered into the dim, endless future, not even knowing how you'll manage to hang on until tomorrow, then you know the wilderness too. Crying out in the wilderness, the vast, trackless wasteland littered with the desiccated bodies of those who wandered in but who couldn't find their way out. The cisterns bitter and poison, bringing not relief but, but sickness and death. God-forsaken, desperate folks stumbling around, just trying to find their way home. You've been there, right? Or, or at least you probably know people who spend a good part of their days crying out in the wilderness. Wet tears in the dry night. The air is heavy, and the future is still so uncertain. What are we going to do? How, how will we even manage? I mean, there used to be a time, but now, I, who knows? Hope wobbles and sways, wrinkles appear, the, the hair turns grayer and brown spots start showing up. The dream that was once so young and promising starts limping and foundering, struggling to keep up with the picture that it had of itself when it was younger and brighter, but now, now what? Now it's a struggle just to get out of bed and an effort to imagine that tomorrow will look any different from today. Desert, wasteland, a 
abandoned, forgotten, crying out in the wilderness. But maybe, maybe being out in the wilderness isn't the worst place to be. John the Baptist shows up on the scene, a voice crying out in the wilderness, announcing the arrival of a new sovereign. The trumpet sound as the royal procession approaches, prepare the way of the Lord. Make God's paths straight. Every valley will be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Now, don't you find it interesting that, at least according to the prophets, the place that you need to be to be able to hear the voice is in the wilderness. This voice to be heard as a voice of deliverance requires that the listener be familiar with the wilderness in order to hear it. But if we're busy in the green pastures reaping the harvest of fat times, you know, maybe we're not listening. If we're walking the shade-lined streets of satisfaction, maybe we've got too much on our comfortable minds to be able to hear it. If it feels like we already live in the lush lap of paradise, then, well, maybe we aren't properly situated to entertain the voice of liberation. But if we're in a hard land where things are fractured and flimsy, if we roam through forsaken country where the streams have dried up and the flowers have wilted in the blazing heat, if we find ourselves in a realm where dust fills our nostrils and tears leave tracks on our dirt brown weathered faces, then a voice crying out in the wilderness is music to ease the soul for 10,000 years. Do you see? If we abide in a land where the grass withers and the flower fades, where the way is impassable and uncertain, if we spend our nights crying out in the abandoned wasteland, then crusty old John the Baptist has a word for us today. A dream word, a, a, a prophet word, an advent word. Stop what we're doing and listen. The ruler is coming making a way through the deserted land of a thousand broken dreams, and the wasteland we see in front of us is about to become the garden of our God. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, the voice says, cry out. And I said, well, what should I cry? When there are so many things to cry out for, what should I cry for? Shall I cry for the sickness and the death that I see in the world? Shall I cry for the sickness and death that I see in myself? Shall I cry for the injustice and pain people have to endure every day just to wake up to another painful morning out in the wilderness? Shall I cry for the children who cower in their classrooms as another broken boy with a gun stalks the hallways? Shall I cry for the terrorized? The young black man, the shy lesbian who's afraid everybody can see what she's so desperately trying to hide. 
For the Muslim convinced that practicing their faith puts a target on their back. Shall I cry for the forgotten ones? Those abandoned to the warehouses that we've created for the aged and the infirm. The houseless who look for shelter and respite wherever they can find them. The single mom who's desperate to stay one step ahead of the bill collector. What shall I cry? Cry out. All the people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. Ah, yes. The grass withers, the flower fades. But Isaiah says later, the word of our God stands forever. And, and that's just it, isn't it? The word of God stands forever. It, it comes to John out in the wilderness. And this Advent, the word of God comes to us in the midst of our own wildernesses. You see, a voice crying out in the wilderness doesn't have to be a bad thing. Especially if the voice we hear crying out in the wilderness is announcing a way through the wilderness. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh, all flesh, shall see the salvation of God. I have a dream today. Oh, Lord, please make it so. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in to the Douglas Boulevard Christian Church Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please rate the podcast on iTunes, retweet the link, or just tell your friends. Godspeed until next time on the Douglas Boulevard Christian Church Podcast.